0: but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pep boss stories around the campfire. Most of our listeners already have a pet business, but this episode, yes, is for you. And it's also for all the people who've ever considered working for themselves and changing careers, potentially opening a business in the pet industry for themselves, because I'm here to tell you that there are more pets in this country than pet businesses who could possibly ever serve their needs. That is true. So what better time in history than right now to switch careers and sniff out your spot in the $180 billion global pet market. In today's episode, I'm diving into what it takes to move from thinking about being your own boss to actually doing it. And as always, there's lots of hidden gems in this podcast, even for our seasoned pet pros. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candice Yolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation, and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you, mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So, if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. Yeah, our industry is booming in the pet world with a global market of 180 billion. It's projected that just the people in the United States alone will spend close to 110 billion on their pets in 2022. That's more than half the market is here in the US. Millennials are leading by far in pet ownership. And so we know that for decades to come, pets are going to be treated as family members. I started in the pet industry when I was 24. Here I got my college degree. I thought I was always going to work at an advertising agency. I got the job and then realized sitting in a cubicle and working my way up to the top was not something I wanted to do. So for whatever reason, I thought, well, how hard could it be to open a pet business? And honestly, now with all the resources that are available to you, to all of us out there like this podcast, or like the Pet Boss Nation Facebook group, or like the Pet Boss Club, plus everything that's at our fingertips all the time here, actually, um, in business development, there is no better time than now to really go after your goals and dreams of becoming your own petpreneur, your own boss. All right. So this episode, I'm going to walk you through a few key areas and things to think about as you move on this journey to hopefully opening your own business someday. And as always, even if you've been in business for like 15, 20 years, you still learn from us and take away something that you maybe haven't thought about maybe you knew you should have done, or maybe you still want to do, right? Okay. So stay with me until the end. So there's three main things we're going to talk about. And in each phase, there's lots of details I'm going to dive into as always. The first one is just the concept of like, Hey, all right. I know I'm ready. I'm ready to move to become my own boss. And I'm going to do something in the pet industry because I love my pets. Well, you know what we first have to figure out what it is you're going to do. What are you actually going to do? There are so many pets and it's not about playing with pets all day. Actually, it's not. (laughs) Yes, you will get to play with dogs, but it's not really about that. There's a lot more work involved. So let's talk about the different models because there are lots of different ways that you can start working in the pet industry. You could be a pet care service-based business right this is your pet sitters a groomer these positions in the pet care service they're an easier points of entry okay there's a lower investment usually to getting started unless you have a really big build out but usually it's it's easy to get started the problem with this pet care side of it is i want you to think about if it's actually scalable for you because in the pet care service you are trading your time for money. Okay. But that's an awesome place to be. And this actually is a huge segment that I think is going to continue to grow in many, many cities across the country. Then you have the retailers, right? The pet supply stores. This is still a very easy point of entry, but you have a bigger investment to make because you have to buy all of that inventory. Plus there's a little bit of a higher risk because you're signing a longer lease And you have to invest in signage and decor. And so there's a little bit more money output and trying to manage the expectations of the local customers plus team. It can be a little challenging, but it's fairly easy to become a retailer. Or maybe you want to be a manufacturer, right? You're going to create your own products and get them out to market, whether that's going to be direct to consumers or you wanna do wholesale and sell to those retailers or other pet care providers. What I tend to see happen in the marketplace when you're a manufacturer is that there might be a little bit of oversaturation. So make sure that you have done your research to fully understand if whatever it is you wanna create um, has enough space inside the marketplace to not compete with too many other products on the market. We saw this happen with CBD, right? The big boom of CBD caused a lot of, um, treat current treat manufacturers, plus new products to come onto the market, which then when you go to a trade show as a buyer and you see all these exhibitors, there's so many potential people you could buy from. So that's a little bit oversaturated. When you want to manufacture your own product as well, it's a big investment usually, right? But no matter if you're going to be working out of your house or you're going to actually go overseas and have things made, you have a bigger upfront cost to get all of this product mass made. And it takes a while. It does. When you're a manufacturer, you know, it can take a while to really see that big bump in revenue for you. But this is a sweet place to be because it's also where all the innovation happens. Some really cool, unique things come to life in the manufacturer side. Or maybe you want to be an online-only business. You're going to be an online store, online course, or a blog. These businesses in the pet industry have to really focus on the marketing. They have to fully understand technology and digital software to help support them. And what's cool about these businesses is they are highly scalable, meaning you are going to make something once and you just drive a bunch of traffic to it. Then there's services, the B2B services, that's business to business instead of B2C, business to consumer. In the B2B space, in the services area of the pet industry, this is Kind of prime money making opportunity, really, for a lot of people. This is where you can take a skill that you know how to do really well and see if there's anyone in the industry that needs it. This is our pet photographers, copywriters, our website developers, branding people, VAs. Like there's really an opportunity here where if you have a skill that in a service that you want to offer to somebody else and work inside the pet industry, you can get super niche right here. So, what are you going to do? Are you a pet sitter, dog walker, doggy daycare owner, groomer, mobile groomer, pet supply, pet boutique, online store? online course creator for dog training, online course creator for how to bake cookies? Are you a blogger for pet parents driving traffic and making money off of affiliate income? Are you a manufacturer who is bringing your product direct to consumer at pop-up events or pet consumer shows or wholesale manufacturing? Or are you a service provider that keeps this whole ecosystem going? It's up to you to make that decision. I can't make that decision for you, but what I want you to do is I want you to think about the skills that you have And then think about, does your local market need this? Or does your regional market, or is this a national or even global opportunity at your fingertips? Whatever you decide to do, one of the most important things for you to think about is, is the business model you choose going to also fit the lifestyle that you want? Oftentimes it sounds fun. And just because we can do something doesn't mean we should, I have to tell myself that a lot, actually, just because we can, doesn't mean we should. (laughs) All right. So the next point of figuring out what it is you're going to do, I want you to think about ways that you can get into the industry. Are you going to start from scratch, build it from the ground up? Maybe you want to buy a franchise. This is where they've already put together the whole manual and all the resources for you to make it easy. Let me tell you this, there's actually a lot of people in the pet industry right now who have businesses and they are ready to sell. I feel like the height of the market for opening a pet business was actually about 20 to 25 years ago, and it's only been growing since. So for people who, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 years ago made career changes or had inspiration like you're having right now, they opened up their businesses And now they're thinking about what's next. What does retirement look like for them? Having come off that pandemic, that was a hard way to end their careers, right? So they're kind of going, hmm, (laughs) do I want to do this still for another five, another 10 years? And so they're reevaluating their businesses. There's a huge opportunity out there. If you're thinking about opening a pet business that you do not have to start from scratch. When you buy somebody else's business, what's awesome about that that The next day you have customers, you have employees, and you're already ready to roll. Okay. Or maybe the way that you're going to get into the industry is that you actually do need to go back to school. Maybe you need to learn grooming, how to be a groom tech or dog training. We're going to list a few different resources for you on the show notes of this episode. So go check out petboss.com forward slash episode 14 to see a full list of resources on how um, you can expand your learning and education in the pet industry. The next thing to think about here with what are you gonna do is really understanding if what you wanna do is viable, right, is it viable? To determine if our idea is viable, we have to understand how we're gonna be different from what's already on the market. But how do we figure out what's on the market? We have to do research, like extensive research. So many times, I see new entrepreneurs saying, I haven't found anything like this on the market, or this is the first time. And to be honest, it's like, I've been in the industry for almost two decades. Like I've seen it before. This isn't, this isn't anything new. Now that doesn't mean that you can't find new customers, but I really want you to really research if anything like this is out there. And if there isn't anything out there like it, ask yourself why, Maybe there's a reason there isn't. (laughs) Like once we were at a trade show and we saw somebody who brought to market dog chastity belts and they were like all leather and very Game of Thrones-ish, I don't know, kind of wild. And that might work in some markets, but that's so super niche. And I don't think I ever saw them again at another trade show. So do your research. Understand if it's not on the market, why not? If it's not on the market, there's a chance either that one, there's not a big enough market for it, or two, it might be just too hard to even source or get or manufacture or put out there. So really understand what's available, understand the demand and desire for what you want to sell in your market that you've picked. Like for example, if you want to open a doggy daycare because there's only one other doggy daycare in town and you want to give other people an option, I'd really understand how Full is that doggy daycare first at first, have they maxed to their capacity or are they struggling to get clients? Like you really need to do your ground research before you um, just invest all this time and money into your business, think about what connections you might have right now in your personal and professional life to help you either grow this potential business, or at least get a better understanding of what you want to do. Think about what skills you have. To support this business, what are your strengths? What are you good at? And what must you hire out? None of us are good at everything. So we either have to outsource, hire, or delegate specific tasks, which can be very hard in the beginning, especially if we don't have the funds, but have a clear vision of what you know you're going to do and where you need to find support. Understand what your sales channels are going to be this is the avenue that you're going to make money. Is it strictly through an online store or do you have to do trade shows? Are you going to have a physical space? Really understanding the path of where the majority of your money is going to come in may help you formulate where you need to be to go find those clients. Okay. So The first big thing is understanding really what are you going to do, thinking about what model within the pet industry you're going to use, ways that you could get into the industry, and then really grasping if it's viable or not. I mention all this and make a big deal out of this point because it's so important for you to be successful and to thrive. This is a big leap you're going to take right now to come into your own business and especially in the pet space. And so we want to make sure that you have thought everything through as you go on your journey. Okay. Now that you know what you're going to do, the next piece is understanding that you're ready to get serious. And now it's time to be a real business. That's right. You're not a hobby owner. You're a business owner. You're not a hoe you're a bow, right? It's time to protect yourself. Protection can mean a lot of things. It can go from the legalities of business to the branding in the business. There's four things here I want you to think about. The first is your name. I want you to search the US Patent and Trademark Office database. It doesn't mean that you have to actually go and trademark the name that you're going to use, but it would be really great if you (laughs) picked a name that somebody else hasn't already trademarked to use So you don't get yourself in trouble. So come up with that long list of names or whatever's calling out to you and do some research first. I personally love trademarking. I think it's an important piece of, of running your business and growing your business and thinking about the future of your business. So I encourage you to do that. You can either do it yourself or hire a trademark attorney to help you. Once you have your name, you need to make sure that you can get a Facebook page or an Instagram handle and website URLs that match that name or are very, very similar. Think about saying this name out loud. What will it sound like when you have to tell someone how to spell it over the phone or how to write the email address or how to get to your website? If it's like something like what I did in the very beginning, I wanted the name Dogaholics, which we got trademarked, but I couldn't buy the URL for it because the people who had the URL, they wanted like about (laughs) $30,000. I wasn't going to give it to them. So for $8.99, I was able to buy dog-a-holics.com. I probably had dogaholics.net. But for whatever reason, that was the dog hyphen a hyphenholics.com was what I was going to use. So think through though, about if what, how long is it going to take? Because that took a long time to say over the phone. Half the people didn't know what a hyphen was. So think about what, how long it's going to take for you to say it as you come up with your name. We want something sweet and simple. So think about also if it connects to the products and services that you sell immediately, like we, we don't want them to question what it is that you sell. So if we go back to my name, Dogaholics, that was clearly everything for dogs. I didn't have cat stuff, fish stuff, no small animals. We were not a full line pet supply store. It was just stuff for dogs. We have a client that does pet products plus aquarium and fish, and their business's name is Woofs and Waves. I think that's fantastic. It really communicates that they have a variety of products for for the pet owner. After thinking about your name, you are now ready to start building out some of the legalities of your business. This is where we need to decide if you're a sole proprietorship, an LLC, or a corporation. Again, I'm not here to tell you which one's the best to choose. You need to do your own research, but the variations between these are your legal liability, tax implications, the cost of the formation of the entity and any ongoing administration of that entity. And you'll want to think about the future needs of your business. You know, a lot of times you might think, oh, I'm, I'm a, I am ai make some collars and I sell at pop-up markets right now, so I think I can be a sole proprietor. But your big vision and the growth of the company turns out that you're actually doing a lot wholesale and you're in stores all over the country and you need to hire employees and, 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 right? There's, there's like a big opportunity for you out there. And so your future business may need a different legal setup. Okay. Now you can learn a lot at legalzoom.com or through talking to a local corporate attorney. Okay. I, I love. The local corporate, any well not local corporate, but like any local person, I love um, because it gives you that person that you can trust and ask questions to versus like an online platform. But sometimes for ease and cost, um, those websites are still very handy, especially in initial research. And you can also find a lot on your Secretary of State's website. Every state has a Secretary of State; they're the chief clerk of that state that is basically the custodian of all the important state records. So just Google secretary of state and your state's name. And usually, if not always, those websites have everything you need to know about getting a business started in your state. And just because you're getting something started in your state, that doesn't mean that you can't be a national or even international company. That's just going to tell everyone where you're headquartered. Going through the process of establishing yourself legally will also get you your federal ID number. This is the F-E-I-N number, and this is what you'll need to pay your taxes and apply for other resources for doing business. We're going to include an article that you can reference back on the show notes about this too. Now that you have your federal ID number, you know what kind of legal entity you are It's important that you start to see if you need to register with your city, which you probably do if you have to register with your county or your state, especially if there's any certifications or extra permits or licensing that you need. If you are going to make bakery treats and sell them, sometimes you need different guaranteed analysis or different licenses for that food safety. If you're an animal caretaker, you oftentimes have your local animal care facilities but also the state animal care and welfare. As you apply for these different licenses, you may get additional numbers. Like in the state of Illinois, when you apply to be a retailer, you have your federal number that you're gonna submit with your taxes, but you also need your Illinois resale certificate. This number allows you to purchase merchandise at wholesale to not pay sales tax on it, And then to mark it up and resell it to the public where you're going to collect your sales tax. Now, every city and state is a little different. So you'll want to make sure to team up with like a local chamber of commerce or a score office. Uh, Your secretary of state website has a lot on it. And this is again, why I love that local point person who understands your local area and already helps businesses um, in the area. Okay. Okay. Next on this list of protecting yourself is getting the proper business insurance, get the proper business insurance, get the proper business insurance, get the proper business insurance. insurance. Okay. We're going to make a whole song about it again. After being in the industry for two decades, I have seen my fair share of crap happen and it's horrible. And you want to make sure that you have the proper coverage. Okay. And oftentimes you don't know what to ask until you start going through some stuff, but you really want to make sure that your agent that you work with fully 100% understands every single thing that you do and offer for clients and pets and employees. We have the best pet insurance agent is David Paracel of the business insurers of the Carolinas. I'll link his info on our resources page. We send him all our business and every piece of business and every pet pro to him because his company, they're the best at fully making sure that you are covered in the case of an emergency. Here's some things to think about when it comes to business insurance. You need to have general liability, commercial property insurance, business income insurance, data breach insurance, workers comp professional liability, commercial umbrella, commercial auto. Again, if you've got any transportation vehicles, I mean, there's so many things to think about and we are not the experts in insurance. That's why we go to the experts at the business insurers of the Carolinas. Okay, guys, you're not an insurance agent. And the whole point of insurance is to make sure that when something bad happens, you are covered. Like when I had an employee steal about $40,000 from me. (laughs) Yes, that happened. And again, a whole nother episode, but it happened over a length of period of time. And she was very secret about it, but my insurance company actually had a policy for me that covered employee theft. And it was up to $15,000. So I was able to get at least that money back from my insurance agent. And we were able through prosecution, able to get another $20,000 back from the former employee's family. And so at the end of the day, we almost got all our money back, but I didn't have a clue that that was even in my insurance policy until the situation happened, which is why it's so important to have an agent who fully understands your business and the liability that you might face and can make sure you have the right coverage. Okay. The last piece to actually having a pet business is getting and maintaining clients. And this kind of breaks down into a few sections here, right? You've got your marketing. Clearly you need to find these ideal customers. So really think about now that you know your model and you know what you're going to go after, where are your ideal customers and what's the best way to reach them? Are you going to go hustle it at the dog parks or is it better to partner with a pet business? Are you going to do industry trade shows or consumer shows? Is your primary social media going to be Instagram or TikTok? Really think about who your ideal customer is. Not the majority, not all of them, but the ideal, that sweet spot. The people who are going to give you the most money and visit you the most frequently, where are they? I want you to think about building a yearly marketing plan. Think about what are you going to do once a year? What's going to happen every quarter? What needs to happen every month, every week, and every day? And break it down. This will give you a roadmap of what to do to go find your clients. And please start to get comfortable with technology and online strategies. Next, I want you to think about the software that you need to use because this needs to become your friend. You will need software to make reservations, to manage your client contact information, to communicate with your clients, to accept payments, to manage your inventory. You'll need software to communicate with your team and to improve efficiencies. Software and systems will set you free and it will also build a foundation for success. Please know too, that building your ideal client list is everything. You do not need to have everyone following you, but you need to have an engaged list. It's not about the size of the list, but it's the quality of people. So in the beginning, you need to find these customers. So you might need to do whatever it takes, give some free lessons, give some free product because you need to just get that marketing collateral. You need the images and the videos. You need testimonials, maybe even some before and after photos of what it's like to use your products or take or use your services. And that collateral will then help you build your list and go find more clients. But in the beginning, you may need to do some of that for free or at a discount And that's typically your friends and your family, right? That initial word of mouth. And then you're going to take all those assets and put them out there in the world to use to build your list. After you have those assets, the number one thing you should be doing is building your list. That means collecting email addresses, text messages, so you can maybe do some SMS marketing or even addresses for your ideal client. Your list is everything building it and communicating with it regularly will help you grow a successful pet business. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode today. I have actually thoroughly enjoyed sharing with you. It's a little bit of a walk down memory lane for myself, some good, some bad, but really the points of like, I don't even think I didn't really even share all those stories with you, but it just gets me thinking about my journey and how, when I was 24 years old. I just left corporate America to work at my friend's doggy bakery and how that decision just completely changed the trajectory of my life. And now I'm here with you helping you consider opening a pet business or helping you feel re-inspired about your existing one. Either way, it's just kind of so interesting the the turns and twists that our lives take. And I just hope that you know in your heart that being in the pet industry is a good place for you because we are all passionate about pets and it's important that we're, we serve them. And as businesses, we build strong businesses that can help make better pet parents. And we just will leave this huge impact out there in the world. So in today's episode, I think I helped you decide, you know, what is it that you're going to do? Or maybe, hopefully, I didn't confuse you. (laughs) There's so much you could do, but hopefully, I helped you clarify all of the potential opportunities and then you finding the skill set that you have so that you can align with your zone of genius and build the business that you want and pursue down that path. I also helped you think about really getting serious about it and how you really need to protect your name figure out your legal entity, get all your licensing and get your business insurance. And then we can't stay in business if we don't have clients, right? So we have to focus on our marketing, get clear on the software and the tools we're going to use and continue to build our list with ideal clients. Now there's so much more to running a successful business, but this hopefully got you some information that you could use to just get started the pet boss podcast, our pet boss club, our free community group, and myself, we are here to help support you in the next steps. And I hope that you've enjoyed this episode and I will continue to be here for you every week on the pet boss podcast. I can't wait to see what you create. Guys, I'm just so honored that you are tuning into this podcast. And did you know that we've already reached the top 3% of all podcasts across the globe? It's amazing. We're climbing the charts because of our awesome listeners like you. I know there's still pet professionals out there who need to hear all of our doggone good tips shared on this show. Can you help us find them? You know how you do that is that when you click to follow the podcast or the more you download different episodes, or if you choose to leave us a review, those things will help the podcast get pushed out into the world so that more people who need to hear this will find it. Thanks so much for your support. And until we talk next week, stay focused, stay motivated and go boss your business.